This podcast is for the curious, for those seeking honest conversations about life and ministry. It's for those fully aware that we are in a moment in history that demands our attention and our intentionality. The world is about to turn, and this podcast is for those who seek to be co-conspirators with the Holy Spirit. Those who wish to affect a turn toward the one who offers life and life abundant in our weary world. This podcast is for those committed to God's invitation to us as church together. As people in mission, responding to the demands of the gospel. Welcome to our podcast, The World is About to Turn. I am Pastor Leila Ortiz, and I have the privilege of serving as Bishop of the Metropolitan Washington, D.C. Synod. We've used this time of Advent to uh, consider uh, the gifts of Advent, and so we had four weeks of conversation around the gift of patience, the gift of speech and silence, the gift of hope, and the gift of family. Last week, we engaged the gift of time, and this week, I'd like us to consider and engage the gift of light. This is Epiphany. We are very excited. I say we as in the people of Puerto Rico. We are Caribbean people who always celebrate three kings. And um, it's, a, it's a, an especially beautiful um, time of year to get together as family around food and fellowship, around music and really great stories. And so I'll be I'll be missing um, Epiphany in Puerto Rico this year, but I did want to share just a bit with you of what we experience and what what is it about the story that um, makes it such an interesting one for us to consider not once every blue moon, but once a year for us to remember this gift of epiphany, the gift of light, the light of the world that has come among us and that is the one who guides and leads us in our spiritual journey here in the world, in our discipleship, and as leaders in the church. So as you know, we have these three magi. They come from the east, the narrative tells us, or the history would invite us to consider that they are from Arabia, from Persia, and India. We have Balthazar, Melchior, and Caspar, each bringing different gifts from where they come, the riches, the beauty, the things that they are most proud of, they're bringing to the newborn king. And once they meet this newborn king, they know we cannot tell Herod where he is. We will protect him. For the past 31 years, Gifts of Hope, the alternative gift-giving program of the Metro DC Synod, has raised and dispersed almost $4 million to organizations doing hope-filled work. Through Gifts of Hope, donors honor loved ones with more meaningful giving that goes beyond the traditional wrapped box. A gift of hope is the perfect gift for someone who doesn't need another thing and for those who are trying to escape commercialism. While Gifts of Hope started as a Christmas gift program and printed Christmas cards are still available at DC area churches, we now have a variety of digital cards for year-round celebrations available online. Learn more about the mission, beneficiary organizations, and how to give at giftsofhopedc.org and on social media at the handle Gifts of Hope DC. 
what we love about this text, what I love about this text is that we have three people um, from countries that are not from the West. They are not people who look like us. Um, they are not, even myself from, from the Caribbean, they are not people that come from North America or South America. They are people from the East who come with particular riches and gifts. And not only are these people not from the West, neither is Jesus or Mary or any of the players that are in this narrative and this, this conversation, this invitation to be part of the story. And it is them who bring the best of the best who are able to come and bow and reverence the newborn king, recognizing his power, his significance, the meaning of his existence. They come into the space and together they make it holy. They make it beautiful. They make it awe-inspiring. And so for us in the Caribbean, we celebrate this day of people from the East bringing gifts, bringing the best of who they are to one another, right? And so back home in Puerto Rico, this is the season from Christmas through January 6th. We are having parties. We are sharing gifts. We are eating. We are feasting. We are laughing and dancing. And we are celebrating the newborn king with one another, in ways that are that are meaningful, in ways that are elaborate and exaggerated and beautiful and in ways that make us make our spirits smile. And so while we're here in North America, when we're here in the States, um, one of the, the gifts that I was able to share and be um, a part of while I was a pastor serving here in, in our synod was the celebration of Epiphany. And the invitation was for everyone to bring what would normally be at their Christmas table, some dish, some flavor, something different um, that would normally be at their table. And we had this huge feast and celebration and highlighted all of the cultures that were present in the congregation cultures from Asia, from Latin America, from Africa. We had everyone share their language, share their flavors, share their stories. And together we had just an incredible, incredible time of just being who we were and being united in our diversity. This is one of the gifts that I really appreciate about Epiphany and Epiphany Day in particular. Um, this invitation for us to come together, not in spite of our difference, but because of our difference. And what are the gifts that we can bring from where we come, from who we are, not checking any part of ourselves at the door, not trying to be palatable to anyone, but to say, this is who I am. This is my language. These are my flavors. And this is what I want to share with you. This is the gift that I want to share with you. While um, I was in... In Poland, in September, I was there for the Lutheran World Federation Assembly. We had a series of keynote speakers, and it was one of the most fascinating experiences that I've had as a pastor and theologian and bishop, just to be in space with people of faith from across the world, um, from everywhere in the world, and to see that... Um, white faces were the minority was something that was just refreshing and something that was beautiful and something that was really good for my soul to remember that the majority of Lutherans in the world are not us. 
it's not us here in North America. The majority of Lutherans in the world are African and Asian. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful experience to be in a space that expresses the truth of who we are as a diverse body of Christ in one space for the same with the same purpose, following and hoping to live into the same gospel of Jesus Christ. And while we were there, I had the privilege of listening to Monsignor Dr. Tomas Halik. Um, and I have to say, and I'll be very frank and honest, I, I, some people hear an accent in my voice and others don't. But when you come into these spaces, you have... I heard accents that I struggled with and I was like, wow, this is interesting for me as a person of color to acknowledge and recognize that there's some accents that I, I struggle with and it's almost better. <laughs> it was, it was even richer for me to have to lean in to listen and not take for granted the words that were being shared with me. And so there was a gift of accents that was um, refreshing to me and reminded me that the world doesn't revolve around me and my comforts. It doesn't re revolve around um, um, other people accommodating me for the sake of my understanding, but for me maybe to lean in and say, I, I, can't, I can't grasp you entirely the way my brain and my ears have functioned in spaces that are, that are common to me, and I have to adjust my way of being and listening and processing for the sake of being in relationship with you and learning from you which is what I was able to do. And this is what um, he was sharing with us. He, uh, 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 Dr. Dr. Halik had a very strong accent, which was really beautiful and um, just made his, his keynote all the more powerful. And I do have a printout of it and it's, it's available and I can make it available if, if others are interested. But he ended his speech, well, I should say, he started his speech with an invitation that, that it is time for uh, the Protestant Reformation to be reformed and renewed. And that while we talk about the church being renewed and reforming, um, that it's an active process, he was, he was inviting us to even consider that how we approach the reforming and the active process, even that, that needs to be approached in a new, in a new and um, intentional way for the sake of life itself. <clears throat> and he was speaking to the war in Russia and Ukraine. He was speaking to the realities in Africa and Asia. And he was speaking to the issues that were just about to begin in the Middle East. And one of the things that he closed with, which is what I'd like for us to ponder, was a quote that he shared from um, a Jewish Hasidic story. And this is what it says. Rabbi Binchas asked his pupils a seemingly simple story about when night ends and day begins. It's when it's light enough to tell a dog from a sheep, one suggested. It's when we tell a mulberry tree from a fig tree, argued another. It is at that moment, replied Rabbi Binchas, when we recognize in the face of any human being our sibling. Until we can do that, it is still night. <clears throat> when he said this, of course, the invitation and the realization was that we are still living in the night as long as we are unable to see our sibling in the other. 
as long as we are unable to recognize the gifts and riches that come not in spite of our difference, but because of our differences. Until we're able to lean in with curiosity and not reject something because it's uncomfortable, a language, an accent, a thought, a worldview, until we're unable to see in the face of any human being, our sibling, until we can do that, it is still night. I like us to consider the gift of light that comes from this particular festival of Epiphany. That it's in the light that we get to see one another as sibling. It's in the light that we get to recognize the other as human and not a concept. It's in the light of Jesus Christ that we recognize God and the image of God in one another. And so as we continue on in our epiphany journey, I'd like us to lean in to the gift of light for the sake of life itself, for the sake of our lives, for the sake of the lives of those who we engage, who have been in the dark night of the soul because they have not been seen or recognized or acknowledged as beloved children of God. I'm sure you can read between the lines. There's a lot going on in this world. There's a lot of war. There's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of worldviews and politics and um, arguments that would want to qualify one oppression over another, that would want to justify one violence over and against another. And yet the invitation of God for us this time and in this season is for us to see the face of God in any human being, in every human being, and to recognize them as our sibling. In Jesus' name, let us pray. Holy God, you are good. You have created us so beautifully with such complexity, with such beauty, with such intensity, you've created us different. And we celebrate each other because of that difference. We thank you for that invitation. We thank you for that gift. We thank you for the gift of your light that reveals the truth of who we are in relationship to you and in relationship to one another. Help us, dear God. Help us when we want to stay in the night Help us when we feel safest in the night. We ask, dear God, that we may lean into the light, that we may see in everyone our sibling, that we may see in every human being your beloved children. Give us strength. Give us courage. Give us the will to say the hard things, to do the hard things. But above all, give us the courage to love just to love. Give us the ability, the capacity, the urgency to love one another as you have invited us to do so. Be with us. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for being the light of the world. Thank you, Jesus, for being the one who brings us together. Thank you, Jesus, for being the one who invites us to share our gifts, our treasures, our beauty the things and the cultures and the flavors that you have embedded in us, we thank you. 
We thank you that we get to share them. May we learn to receive others' gifts in ways that we would want our gifts to be received. We thank you, we love you, and we trust you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Receive this blessing. May God give you grace never to sell yourself short. Grace to risk something big for something good. Grace to remember that the world is too dangerous for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and remain with you always. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Dear friends, the world is about to turn. Live and lead boldly with God's help and in Jesus' name.